0: Bismillah Rahmanir rahman rahim Alhamdulillah Wa salatu wa salam Wa ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi Wa sahbihi Wa man wala Listen up Listen up Let's just talk some common sense here Okay Because there are a lot of fallacies That have become mainstream Okay If I If I Take Go find you in a I take you, let's just take the, or take an example. I cross paths with you in an alleyway. You take my wallet. You steal my, you steal my wallet, okay? You steal my wallet. I chase after you down the alleyway into the main road, okay? I'm chasing you. I tackle you. I knock you down. I try to get my wallet back. I look like the aggressor, right? You get up and try to punch me in the face. Meanwhile, everyone's looking and all your, you know, nice friends, they're looking on and all these elite people are looking on and they're like, hey, what's going on with this guy? And you announce... I have the right to defend myself. And everyone says, of course you do. You just got tackled. You have the right to defend yourself. Is this a fallacy or not? I'll tell you why this is a fallacy. You're the aggressor. Just because it happened a long time ago or it happened where nobody saw it does not negate that the theft happened. You are aggressing against me. An aggressor cannot defend himself by definition. I am defending myself from you. So the, the snuck premise behind the off-repeated like a prayer, like a word, like an immediate reaction, they call this in psychology click and whir. It's gotten repeated so many times. No matter what Israel does, immediately anybody who's, got, who's like a puppet because of the money a puppet because of influence, a puppet because of who who runs, who is influential in making them who they are, whether they be media personality, whether they be athletes, whether they, whoever they are, okay? Whoever is a recipient of Israel lobby benefits. Click where is like a machine. You hit click and the machine moves, right? The moment any Israel does anything, to the Palestinian people, these personalities, these pawns, these fakes, the these puppets are like click. Were you click the, the moment it happens? Israel has the right to defend them. You saw your yesterday, and you can see it on Twitter. You can see it on YouTube. Morgan uh, Pierce Morgan. who I'm thinking he's sort of a nice guy, personally speak. Right? He is like. Trained like a dog, not to say he's a dog, but like a Pavlovian dog. To repeat the statement, Israel's right to defend himself. Immediately, whoever is behind, I don't know, his agent, his friends, whoever hires him. You know, these, it takes a lot to, to have a career these days. Especially if you're a personality. Like Justin Bieber's probably got a team of 50 people. Uh, what, what's his name? Floyd Mayweather has a team of 50 people. A hundred people. He can't even read. The guy that is illiterate. Right?
1: Obviously people behind
0: him. But he made a ton of money. Illiterate doesn't mean he doesn't have a brain. I think he has a brain. I don't think he has a access to a lot of facts. I don't think he's a reader. But he definitely has a brain. If he was stupid, he'd blown all his money and would have been smart enough to pick his fights to become 50-0-1 in his life. The guy has a brain. But what? whatever... There's 50, 60 people behind all these guys. Uh, Patrick David and his podcast. Joe Rogan and and his podcast. All these people have tons of people behind them. In order to please your friends, to please your investors, to please your donors, forget the politicians, they're all bought and sold puppets on this issue. They may not be bought and sold on others' issues, but they're bought and sold on this issue. Puppets, okay? In order to appease who you need to appease in life. This is the line they use. As long as you say that, we're good. I don't care what you say before and after. As long as you say that and you repeat it, we're good. Okay? By the the way, Omar, you can make that a full screen if you want. Yeah. You understand? Why is it a fallacy? Because to defend yourself has a snuck premise that you're the victim. How are you the victim when you, your own ac- academics, your own historians, your own scholars, people like Ilan Pape, people like Ben B- Benny Morris, who had to retract it, probably his family made him retract it because they got socially isolated in, Isra- in Israel. There are a lot, there are more, there are younger revisionist historians. It's not revisionist history, it's the truth. They went in there, and they looked at, in 1948. As soon as the announcement was made that the U- British embassy is out, uh, British the, the, the British are out, immediately Ben-Gurion took the claim. Here, we're a nation now, okay? The IDF, which was formerly the t- Jewish terrorist organization, Zionist Jewish terror organization, the Haganah, and they they had different groups like the Irgun, they had different extremist groups along with them. They went and they killed and they stole and the soldiers, this is well documented, they admitted it and the video is out there, soldiers laughing. There's one guy, he's weird. He's got a weird mustache and he's got like a Uzbekistani Kufian or something and he's laughing you know that video Omar in your free time look it up and we'll put it up laughing saying I don't know the machine gun had 250 rounds I used finished it off in about 20 minutes go fill it up again he says I cannot tell you how many Palestinians I killed This this is what he's saying are you a victim or are you an aggressor you're the aggressor here by all standards and all measures, of anyone with a brain and without a brain, who is taking your money as Israel lobby or not taking your money, they will have to admitting behind closed doors. Of course, they're aggressor. Of course, they nabbed this land. Of course, there were people there. There are seven million Palestinians in Palestine now. Where did they come from? Who gave birth to whom? Okay, they didn't migrate. No one's migrating to Palestine and Gaza. And West Bank, 50%, let me tell you this 50% of every Palestinian that you meet, ask them where they're from. They're going to tell you, I'm Palestinian, but I'm from Jordan. I'm Palestinian, but I'm from Lebanon. I'm pa- Palestinian, but we grew up in Kuwait. You go here, go down south. I'm, I'm, I'm Palestinian, but born and raised in Puerto Rico. Palestinian, born and raised in Ecuador. How did that happen? What ha- It happened because they left. They were forced to leave. Their homes were stolen. Do you think some, n- none of them will ever tell you, why are you, oh, why are you in Jordan if you're a Palestinian? None of them will ever tell you, well, my great-grandfather got a deal he couldn't refuse and he sol- sold his home to a Zionist from Romania or, or Poland. That will never happen. They are, are displaced for a reason. So that's why it's a logical fallacy. Use this, this is where the, the actual usage of ilm al kalam is not just defend aqid, it's defend the ummah from lies, from, false, from falsehoods, from uh, techniques of Iblis. Israel has the right to defend himself. Give credit where credit is due. In Islam, we have something called insaf, give credit where credit is due. Iblis. Just as a matter of tricking people with logic, he you did, you did an amazing job. It took something to get around that. But how many people haven't gotten around this? They, Israel has rights to defend Well, of course. Doesn't everyone have rights to defend themselves? Yeah. You defend- defending yourself has a premise, though. Right? You, you must be a victim first. That's the snuck premise. No different than can God create a rock that he can't lift. What's the premise here? The snuck premise is that rocks can be d- defined as unliftable. There is no such thing as an unliftable rock. That means it has infinitely heavy weight. Such a th- thing does not exist. Every rock must have a finite weight. Okay. Snuck premises is how Iblis messes people in the head. And this is how... This is now a, a symbol. But I'm telling you, it's, very, it's a very tired symbol. It's a very over, overused symbol. Okay. Or, or it's, it's a symbol. It's a litmus test. There are certain things that are just... I don't need to know every position you have. I just need to know One. And that tells me everything about you, your, your, your politics and your Aqidah, right? So y- you got to become aware of this. All right. Let me tell you something. I told you previously that I actually did have a sympathetic view towards Theodore Herzl because Israel, the Jews have, there's like a line in Europe They are the underdog. They are the genuine victim. They are a people I would have supported. Anyone would have supported who has a conscience. That all stops if your solution entails victimizing somebody else. So anti-Semitism, being a victim of any kind, never justifies oppressing somebody else. It goes the same for communists. It goes the same for Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, you see what the grievance is. How could you not support it? The George Floyd video. I mean, how how can you not support? How can you not be outraged by what you're seeing? But when it comes time to now let, uh, justifying looting shops and, and all sorts of chaos, at that point, it stops there, right? Communism. I don't know not saying everyone did that but some people did and some people are on record for having justified looting okay and banning all the pol- all of the police okay let's take another thing communism karl marx was extre- extremely eloquent okay in his description of the miserable life of the factory worker the f- big fat factory owner okay who's on the last hole of his belt on his pants from how fat he is and how well he eats with the double-breasted suits and all that and the big cigar. Meanwhile, his factory worker is working 10 and 12 hours a day getting peanuts. And he says, hey, he signed the contract. Yes, it's it's lawful because he signed the contract, but is it right? Capitalism needs a religion to make it good. Otherwise, it's an evil force without a religion. Is it right? The factory worker lives leads an absolutely, utterly miserable life. And you read this aspect of Karl Marx, and you're like, he's right, 100%. Then you read a solution, and you're like, the guy's a whack job, right? The same goes for anti-Semitism. Uh, and, and, the, and in the early phases of Zionism, you read that and you're like, I'm with Herzl, right? Why should they tolerate this? And Herzl is a secular guy. He grew up with no religion, German speaking, French speaking. He is academic type. He would have been a Starbucks latte sipping type today. He's a man of letters, meaning he's a journalist and a novelist. He is far from the dean of the Jews. It is said that he got a, 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 a job as a French uh, journalist, a, a journalist in France. And it's said that he cited in his diary that he attended the Dreyfus affair. It's any biography of Herzl, they're going to cite this, sto- this story. Dreyfus was the guy in the French government, high up, maybe a general. <coughs> Excuse me. It was said that there was a German spy in the military, and there was a French guy who actually was the spy, but they liked him because he, he was one of them. But Dreyfus was a Jew, and they pinned it on the Jew. And, and Dreyfus was totally innocent. But Dreyfus was at the highest level of their society. At the trial outside the courthouse, which the trial was watched and attended by many people, Dreyfus, uh, uh, the chants were down with the Jew. The Jew is, a, is a, like, you know, the fifth column thing. The Jew is this, the Jew is that. Meanwhile, Herzl, who probably maybe covered up that he's a Jew, because that's the type of person he he was. He wasn't, at that point in his life, openly Jewish. He wasn't even religious. I don't even know if he believed in God. Many Jews are atheists. And he says right then and there, we will never make it. Okay? And he, ha- he has two solutions. The first solution is mass conversion to Christianity. The second, Second solution is Mass Hydra. And Korea was an option, I believe. Uh, uh, I think Argentina was an option. New Mexico at one point was an option. Uganda was an option. And ultimately he settled on the best sale, the best land to sell to, as a vision, Palestine. Like why would anyone go to Argentina? It's like random. Why would anyone? And where are you going to go? Okay, some of these countries actually offered them plots of plots of land. He ended up set settling on that which was the best image, the best visual, the most historically connected, which which is Palestine. Now look, Sweetie says in his. Diary. This is why the, this part of Zionism, I'm telling you, I sympathize with it. Because he says, it goes without say. This is in Herzl's diary. goes with, without say that we shall respectfully tolerate persons of other faiths and we shall protect their property, their honor, and their freedom with the harshest means of coercion. In other words, We will guard our neighbors. Okay. This is another area in which we shall set the entire world a wonderful example. He really wants to be good. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. Should there be any such immovable owners in individual areas who are not willing to sell their property for us, to us, we shall simply leave them there. And develop our commerce in the direction of other areas which belong to us. The man is trying to be good. He has ethics. Okay. It is founded on the ideas of the common product of all civilized nations. It would be immoral if we exclude anyone. Whatever his origin, his descent, or his religion from participating in our achievement. Meaning... He's quite a secularist in that he wants a land where Jews will not be mistreated. Anyone who wants to live amongst us is fine. Okay. There is only one way to do it. The highest level of tolerance. Our motto is, man, you are my brother. The man is a liberal. He just doesn't want people to oppress Jews anymore. Like, what's wrong with that? So that part of it. You really earn any commonsensical person, including a Muslim, his sympathy. Right until, here's the problem with movements. You never know who's going to take the bat- take the baton. And who took the baton? People like David Ben-Gurion, people who ran the Haganah and the Irgun, these were terrorists. Nothing less than this. The King David bombing was a terrorist. They were Jewish Zionist terrorists. I'm not saying all Jews are terrorists or all Zionists are terrorists. Just like we said, listen, by the way, some vid- video was surfi- surfacing in Belgium about a guy, and <coughs> <coughs> assuming it's sound, because all you see is some Mauritanian Moroccan guy saying, Allah Akbar, I'm going to kill the kuffar. And then you see another piece of footage with a guy shooting people in a hotel. Is this, is this unequivocal evidence? No, it's not. It's actually not. It's not unequivocal evidence. Okay. Is it pos- within reason, rational evidence possibility that a muslim did it is within habitual possibility that it's true yes it's possible you probably all saw it so if if that's the case if that is the case hey omar could you get us some footage on this bombing everyone's talking about a bomb you got the footage good if that's the case okay that it's true no we have no problem saying no not one Muslim represents all of Islam or all Muslims. And he's a nutjob. Whatever you want to do with them, do with him. Okay. He's not somebody that we're going to defend, nor is his actions. So likewise, if we're able to say that, it's also fair to say, yeah, not all Jews and Zionists were terrorists. But those were. There's no some silly world where all Jews are good and all Muslims are bad, or vice versa. Okay? Yes, our Aqidah is correct, their Aqidah is wrong. That's different. That's a theological discussion. The Irgun, what are they called? The Irgun? You can read up about them. Everyone's got uh, to read about the Haganah. Okay? This is the founding of the IDF. Okay? Did they say that, yes, we're out there to... Defend the Jews, of course, but also while they foc- focused on protection of settlements. All right, in is in Palestine at the time it wasn't called Israel yet. Still, the British colony, the British mandate, simply means a temporary colony. Okay, the Haganah changed its strategy from defending within the fences. Okay. To offensive operations outside the domain of Jewish settlements and developments and developing a mobile warfare doctrine. Were they an official army? No, they weren't. Were they a political group? Yes, they were. And they went out committing acts of violence towards a political end upon other people. Is that the definition of terrorism? Yes, it is. So the Haganah is a Jewish terrorist group. Again, we're not saying all Jews are like this. Or support this. We just read about Theodore Herzl. He wasn't into this. He wouldn't have accepted this. Okay. I mean, Nelson Mandela is someone who is considered a great man. He was also a terrorist too. A terrorist defined as a political group that uses violence to attain its its goals. We have it too. I can. You want me to condemn ISIS and the Hamas? Haganah is no different from them. Haganah is a Jewish terrorist group. That's the origin of how the country got established. A big piece of it. So to say we have the right to defend ourselves, you are the aggressor. Aggressors never have a right to defend themselves by logic. It's not defense. Do what you do, but don't call it defense. It's a word game. Okay. It's a word game because Israel does have to play the democratic thing in front of the world. This is also how they justify their money from the Democratic Western Nations. <coughs> What's that? Something hot to drink? Uh, I don't want to trouble you. During that period, the, the first offensive units were established. Offensive. First, the mobile unit, No dedet. Then the f- field companies, Fosh, and the famous Special Night Squad, the SNS, under the command of the pro-Zionist Scottish officer, Charles Wingate. Those offensive operations carried out day and night had a tremendous effect in reducing the attacks of the Arab bands and helped the British mandate suppress the uprisings. Where, are we saying here the Arabs were any innocent? Probably not. Okay. You want to both have t- terrorists so that you're happy? Fine. Okay. In the spring of 1939, a severe crisis developed after the British government changed their mind in terms of giving Israel a Jewish state. That was the Balfour Declaration of 1917. 1939 comes around. They say, you know what? We changed our mind. Zionists went crazy. Okay. They said in this famous white paper, That it's just going to be a series of pro-Arab steps and legislations. Okay. It's going to be a secular country with Arabs and Jews running it. But Jews can only have 75,000 people there. They can't have more than 75,000 people there. The Haganah went rogue. Okay. The Haganah, I I guarantee you, there's a woman out there named Abby Martin. She's an Israeli. I assume she's an Israeli because she talks about her upbringing in Israel. She says, until the age of 18, I had never heard of this stuff. Look her up. The Haganah was in the process of planning an armed confrontation against, who's their enemy now? The British. Okay. However, World War II broke out in the fall, fall of 1939. The British got too busy. Everyone got busy watching, listening to the radio. But during the Haganah, during the war, sorry, the Haganah, remember, a Jewish terrorist group. Okay. This is all a refutation of the right to defense fallacy. You do not have the right to defend. You cannot physically defend yourself when you're the aggressor. That's why it's a logical fallacy. Iblis, he's a master chess player at producing logical fallacies. Logical fallacies often are under the band or under the category of the snuck premise. The snuck premise is that within a very benign statement is a false premise. Questions can be fallacious. Okay? Questions can be fallacious. Ask a person a question, question of... Um, <clears throat> Uh, when was the last time, time You disrespected your mom Or something like uh, How badly did you disrespect your mom You're assuming I disrespected my mom Would you, would you apologize or Would you condemn The 40 babies That's a question It's fallacious Answer me No I can't answer you it's a, My answer to you is that it's a fallacious question Because 40 babies never happened 40 babies hoax. Never happens. Well, there's no evidence for it. Could it happen? It, in a rational world, ra- rationally, at the rational level and at the customary level. It's possible. Show me, show me the evidence. And we'll condemn it with the same voice that we condemn terrorist group like the Haganah and the whole founding of the operation that involved murder, killing, babies, adults, old people, stealing homes. We'll condemn both if you want. Guy, okay. we're going to condemn what's greater first. What led? What's greater? Who did the prophet say? said when two people are fighting? Who's worse? The Prophet said, the one who bad adlam, The one who started this is worse. <coughs> the Haganah during World War II got more training under the British. They learned from the British. They assisted the British. They learned how the British collect intelligence, sent parachutes into German-occupied countries in Europe. 30,000 Jews from Palestine, mostly members of the Haganah, joined the British Armed Forces. Okay? You know, Israel, I I suggested to some guy, make, it should be a navy blue flag with a white star. Star in the middle and two red stripes, okay Israel colonized by britain fun- funded by America. <clears throat> their flag should show some gratitude. there should be a symbolic for England and America because that 's who 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 did all the work for you and then who paid paid for it afterwards. There would be no Israel if England had not taken. Palestine, as spoils, spoils of war. They took it as spoils of war. Then they ended up giving a bunch of it to Israel and a bunch of it to Palestine, some of it to Palestine. And then Israel, realizing that they're better trained, the Arabs are un- unorganized, they're hungrier for this, they went and they took the rest and caged up the Arabs in the West Bank in Gaza. The Haganah then reorganized themselves and became, in 1948, later they would become the Israel's defense forces. So the IDF started as the Haganah. Besides helping the British in the war against Nazi Germany, the Haganah, this this paramilitary political force which committed many terrorist acts, Strengthened and improved its military capability, its administrative structure, all by studying the British. All right, good for them. They're working hard. Thousands of youngsters, aged 18 to 25, were organized and trained. Okay? They made youth battalions. They did field corps. They did the work, folks. And I bet you the Arabs were eating lib. Listen, there's one thing that. Your opposition is lying, is a murderer, is a killer. We expect that. We're negating the narrative that they're not that to those in our societies who imagine them to be like an innocent country, just like Bolivia or Belgium. Nobody questions the origins of these countries. They didn't go and step on everyone's toes and kill and murder to establish their, their nation, okay? But... There is another side to this, the side that got defeated. Why isn't Allah helping? In Tansurullah and surkum. the Arabs are not some innocent. They may be innocent pol- politically, but they're not innocent in Islamic terms. You left off the path of Allah. You left off fighting. You left off the Deen, and that's why your enemies defeated you. We're now at the point, and we live in a society where the enemy, the ap- oppressor has successfully retold his story, repackaged his origin story. And they had a whole society thinks they're some innocent little lambs. And then when our people, Muslims, fight back in some capacity, that narrative is packaged as aggression. Oh, I'm sorry, you're not a violent force. Thank you. You are not the aggressor when you've been... A- Aggressive on you may do something wrong in your defense, but that is like a side note in the big in the bigger picture. Okay, a side note in the bigger picture. Imagine in the Holocaust, a story comes out of a young man breaks out of out of Auschwitz, runs. He's starving. These are all his enemies, and he has a stick, and he doesn't know what to do. The first German people he sees, he hits him with the stick. Or he shoots them and maybe ends up killing women and children. What do you say about that? We say, hey, this is a person fighting for his life. Yes, it's wrong, but it's wrong in what picture? In a picture in which he is 100 times more that wronged. Victims are not always going to be perfect they're not always going to do the right thing. <sighs> and if someone asks are you supporting Hamas, I tell them a pr- a principle. I don't no Imam, I don't believe as a principle should support any pol- political actor. I don't care if they open up SID for madhebs, Mawlit to political action committee. And they and Sheikh Asrar himself Self runs for office and becomes the president of a little country. I support him as a person. Me as an imam, as a teacher of the dean, and the imam of a mosque and the teacher of the dean will not ever officially support a political act, actor or party because if I do, I have to justify everything they do. If they go down and they go astray and they do wrong things, then the dean goes down with it? No. People think that's the dean? Okay. Political actors. It's different. Most of politics, okay, is, is judgment calls. It's all, it's all judgment calls of the lesser of two evils. I guarantee you that. It's all lesser of two evils. You will have to do a lot of wrong things. Because it's a judgment call. You go and really truly study, look deep at what Salah al-Din Ayyubi did and what his dad told him to do and he went and complied. You're going to say, whoa, this is the great wali of Allah and Qutub and hero? Because a lot of politics is judgment calls. Okay. So I may support him as a person, and I may support him, or I may love him as a person. I may wish him well as a person. I may privately support him, make dua for him. Well, make dua for him, we could do that publicly. I may support one, him in, in one conflict, as the Prophet Sallam and the Sahaba supported the Romans, because they were Christians, over the Persians. Because they were pagans. So I may support him in one cup. Doesn't mean I'm I'm supporting them. I'm not an advocate. So that's my answer. Hamas is no exception to that. Okay. But that's the the policy that every religious person who teaches the dean should not tie the dean towards a political actor, lest that political actor have to make a judgment call of lesser two evils, and then we got to support that. And when that political movement goes down... In the minds of people, the dean went down with it. Is that secularism? No, it's not secularism because we still we still make pronouncements on what the dean says about life. We make pronouncements and people, scholars issue fatwa, and we teach rulings about riba. We don't say whatever the government says. No, about riba, about fighting, about warfare. What is halal and what is haram in this world? And we advocate for people to follow the book. If, it's an, if it ever becomes an obligation to go and fight somebody, we say it's an obligation, Fight, go fight them. If it's something that you have to avoid, then we say, go and avoid it. Okay? So that's not secularism. Everyone wants us to show this video. I don't know what's going on. Um, I guess we can get back to the Haganah Jewish Terrorist Organization which has become the IDF. Again, I'm not saying all Jews are terrorists, all Zionists are terrorists, but just like they like us to say, listen, Muslims could do bad things and be terrorists, ISIS, whatever, this crazy guy in Bel- Belgium, but not all Muslims are. We say the same thing. We're equal. We're being fair. All right, what do you want to show us? What's going on? At least 500, let's go to this slide. 500 killed in an Israeli airstrike on the Gaza hospital. Health Minister, ministry in Gaza Strip. Says at least five hundred people have been killed. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure that the Western uh, nations aren't uh, Western media. I wonder if they're being skittish on this or in this reporting or not. Let's go to the next slide.
1: Apparently, they're saying it was a Baptist uh, Christian hospital as well. Okay, um, Some, uh, I think these numbers are also kind of old. Um, from what I'm hearing, it's more than a thousand people.
0: Well, the numbers are going to const- constantly yeah. increasing. They should. That's three minutes ago, uh, five thirty-two, which is equivalent to two thirty-two. That's about forty minutes ago.
1: Yeah. So next, some videos I'll play. I believe this is a. Uh, I don't know if this is connected, but it's another video we were. Saying. In right now, in <laughs> so these are videos
2: the uh, war They have been They have bomb us from the
1: Blatant war crimes right here. Blatant. Some more
0: videos. Let's and let's see. They are in the sky. They have still bombing. They have still d- the genocide against the people of Gaza. Alhamdulillah today. The st- statistics till now is three thousand of the Shahada and more than twelve thousand of the injured people do it only in eleven days. Eleven days. SubhanAllah, May Allah them. Many thanks again, Dr. Shadi. Many thanks, Brother Ammar. Many thanks for the Satina Society for your support. And may Allah save that from you. Khair. Oh, you hear that, everybody? We're not just here to talk. We're here at Nat'a'a'un al-Birri wa taqwa. And we are here. We got a guy on the ground, folks. I keep pointing to the wrong spot. We have a guy on the ground. I don't know how to point yet. Okay? We have a guy on the ground. No money's going to Hamas It's going directly To the to the injured He uh, operates a little Private ambulance They give out food They take people into the car Drive them to safety Could you put up a picture Of the website And tell us how much money We've raised so far And is there another piece of footage so,
1: I mean this is a picture It looks like Of I'm assuming The graves of uh, These people that are being built And look how simple I mean it's just bricks lined up uh, and, uh, these pictures are too graphic. Uh, these other pictures, uh, I can't, I can't share these. But um, no. why not? How graphic? It's, it's, it's literally dead bodies. And You're stuff kidding? And blood. Uh, yeah, yeah. These videos line. as well. Uh, literally lined up, piled up. And I'm sure anyone that wants to see that stuff, you can go on Twitter or, or online and look at these. GRT is videos.
0: a le- legal, non-Hamas connected, non-politically connected, uh, validated by the United Kingdom. And then, uh, let the organization. This
1: is a video from the hospital as well, it looks like.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah, that's another video. There's more videos I've been sent, but I can't show these videos. SubhanAllah, they're that yeah, bad. They're really bad. Now. I, you, I can show you after, but... Um, Subhanallah. So once again I'm going to send the uh, link to donate in mm-hmm. YouTube so, so whoever's on Instagram uh, I can't send uh, anything on Instagram but if you want to donate as well I'm going to send it on YouTube. You can't uh, uh, I can't comment on Instagram but That's uh, weird. Okay. Yeah. But um if you guys want to, you know, donate please we urge you to donate. Uh, I'll put up some of the st- statistics right now as well.
0: Uh, okay, good. Thank you so. very much. Uh and and you put up the link too. Can you open the page and show everyone what the page looks like and see what is our, our scorecard because If every time you're on the live stream, you give $2 in sadaqah, one pound in sadaqah, we're always collecting money for something. MashaAllah. That's part of our it's purification of our sins. When the Prophet used was said in the Quran, وَيُزَكِّكُمْ He purifies you. One of the meanings of that is, he organizes you for dhikr, for ilm, for suhbah, and for sadaqa, We put our money Where our mouth is And I'm happy to say None of this Is coming anywhere close To, to Safina's side We're not taking a penny From these things So we're now at 2,199 pounds Alright Go again again What did I read that? I read that wrong 2,199 pounds Let's get it to 2,200 Even number at least Right? I just pinned it we on only 100%. need 54 44 p to get there okay we, on, we only need 44 p to get there all right and omar are you an, on telegram as an admin no, no, but I, they, sent they sent the video this video we need this video to be sent there please that, that sent, he mentioning us and mentioning how we're helping them directly we need to get you an admin i mean you're lucky you're not suspended anymore right Weren't you suspended? How did how does Omar get just banned from the me, society telegram?
1: I was banned break. for like a year. I don't know. I never said anything though.
0: Crazy. Listen, the Haganah, we're not done with these Haganah. You gotta get educated. The most the common man is not aware and looks around at Israel like it's like a regular old country like Qatar or Bolivia or something that's some normal country. it's not. It did not start from a good beginning. There were So now the Haganah got strengthened Okay They now developed an intelligence division An air air division Maritime units Medical corps A proper military Meanwhile the Arabs Who had been relying on the Ottoman Empire Never had such training Okay not to say that they're victims. That's your problem. You, you want a country, you get yourself a military. Okay. They began opening clan, clandestine factories and get this, manufacturing their own guns, bullets, ammunition. Thousands okay, were sent by the Haganah to be, tra- to be trained in the British police force. Okay, to police the settlements. Okay, they operated secretly. They now then turned their attention to fight the British Mandate, despite getting help from them in training. They use that now to start committing terrorist acts against the British to get them out of there because the British changed their mind on a Jewish state. Many people don't know. They don't know this. They know that the Balfour Declaration 1917 was, it's a suggestion and an idea. Fatwa, non-binding, to establish a British state like an engagement, an intention. Not a law. Not a final Qawlun Fasl, final statement from the government. 1939, they said, now we're taking this back. Just a regular country. Regular secular country. And Jews have a limit. We don't want more than 75,000 there. Okay. In the early 1930s, now let's see how fair this, this article, which is pretty informative, is going to be. The Haganah formed a right-wing military body called Irgun. 1937, most of them rejoined the ranks of the Haganah, and the rest formed another group called Etzel, which split into another group called Lehi, both small, right-wing national groups with extremist ideologies with regard to the struggle against the Arabs and the British. Neither of these two groups accepted the authority of the national Jewish authorities. Okay? They were rogue. That's why I said parts of the Haganah. After 1939, they went rogue. So these are Jewish terrorist organizations, as I've said before. We say that ISIS is a terrorist organization. Okay? Jews are no different. They're human beings. Some of them are terrorists. These were terrorists. Towards the end of the war and afterwards... The Haganah intensified its struggle through political means and even doing violent acts against British rule, terrorism, along with encouraging illegal immigration, in other words, forget the 75,000 limit, bring in as many as you can, and further unauthorized settlements. The British had not allowed this. These people were on a mission, I'm telling you. I have to say, I respect the hunger. I respect the will, the desire. These people are training. They're studying with the British. They're not taking no for an answer. I respect all that. You're terrorists and criminals. That's, that's true. You are going to kill people innocently. That's wrong. Okay. But give credit where credit is due. Okay. They turned on the British so badly that Ben Ben Gurion said, we will fight the Germans as if there is no white paper and we will fight the British as if there is no war with Germany. Okay? So we, and the guy's saying it openly, right? We're supporting you in fighting the Nazis. They're our biggest enemy. You, locally in Palestine, are another enemy of ours. Okay? Okay. For a period of some nine months, the Haganah, the Etzel, the Lahih, okay, which is uh, the Hebrew resistance movement, all of them you could say, independently fought the British. The Haganah was the leader. The three organizations informed each other before carrying out their acts and their operations. In other words, their terrorist actions. They were terrorists. During this time, The Haganah performed many courageous acts. This person's obviously sympathizer. This is a courageous act. Including raids on British police stations and destruction of British radar installations. In one night, they blew up 12 bridges, disconnecting Palestine from the neighboring Arab countries. They freed hundreds of immigrants that were jailed by the British and held as prisoners because they were illegal immigrants. They caused serious damage to the mandatory railway lines and more. In all these operations, the Haganah took care as far as possible to avoid causing civilian casualties. Ah, well, this is a sympathizer. But fine, let's just read it. Let's read the article. We can read many different articles and take information from both. The cooperation. Um, I mean, how do you know that? Like, how is that a historical fact? <coughs> <coughs> mm, drink some of this tea. They they stopped cooperating at some point, and the Etzel, Jewish terrorist group blew up the King David Hotel in Jerus- Jerusalem because this was the main uh, location of the British government at the time British government went there they didn't want to be there it was part of the spoils of war they didn't have any attempt uh, intent to stay there so they didn't even build themselves an own building they used the fanciest hotel as th- their headquarters to run Palestine from there they killed many civilians. They killed Jews. They killed Arabs. They killed British people. The operations against the British continued. The Haganah focused mainly on ex- accelerating illegal immigration because the British had put a limit. Attacking British ships and radar ins- installations, which they used to detect immigrant ships. The Haganah was setting up new settlements. Okay. New towns that were not legal. In addition, major effort was devoted to building a strong military force. Listen, you want to know my actual honest judgment? The British have no right over this country. You're an occupier, right? The Jews have no right over this country. You're also a settling state people. They wanted it more. And they fought the British much like the Americans fought the British. Okay. They wanted it more. That's the way of life. Their crime is really going to happen. They're going to cross the line with what the IDF will do to the Palestinians in the future. In 1948. Then what they're going to do to the people of the West Bank and Gaza from that time onwards. Up to now, yes, you're classified as a terrorist organization. They want a country. They want a goal. They want something badly. As I, so this, I would say, is the barzakh, the gray area between Jews deserving all the sympathy, you know, as vic, victims of Christian bullying, European bullying and murder and killing and all sorts of misery that they were given by Christians who do not have a law on how to manage non-Christians in the country. Fast- forward to Palestine, they're the aggressors. You are the criminals now. But in between, there is a struggle between Palestinian Jews, migrants, Eastern European migrants and the British. That's, I would say, is the gray area, where they're officially listed as, as terrorists. This is terroristic behavior. but at the same time, they're fighting another occupying force. The British are not any people who deserve our any sympathy either. You're an occupying colonizer. So it's like the settler colonizer versus the temporary colonizer. The British do not want to, they have no long-term plan there. Okay. The Zionists were colonizers that did have a long-term plan there. And the, and they're knocking off the British. They're removing them. They're giving them a headache. They're making their life there miserable. Lucky the British didn't have a Hadrian. In the year 135 or so, after, say, Naisa, the Jews organized a rebellion against the Romans. And they went and they killed all of the. Romans working in Israel, uh, in Judea at the time, including the women and children and goats and animals and cats and dogs. Hadrian went insane. Hadrian was the Roman Empire, emperor. He sent 12 legions, 12, almost like, imagine, like the aircraft carriers. And they literally, he literally were ordered to empty Judea, Empty this place. He went mental. Okay. Only left a few people who were able to run for the hills. Well, the British didn't have anything like that. They weren't invested. The British were exhausted by World War II. And they caved into all this because they didn't, it wasn't an investment for them. They also felt very guilty about the Holocaust and wanted to do something about it. For nine months... They did all this stuff, okay, what else did they do? They continue to build their military. What are the Arabs doing? we don't we don't know on the record I mean I don't know personally. nothing this like this, nothing close. The Arabs had lived off the Ottoman army. they had no the Palestinian people had no. There was no continuation of that. Okay. More undercover arms factories were constructed. Weapons were acquired from abroad. Young Holocaust survivors were trained in Europe at the detention camps in Cyprus, trained how to run a prison. From the summer of 1947, the Haganah intensified preparations for large-scale war against local Arab militias and the armies of the Arab states, by the time it had become clear that the British had give, put up the white flag, now we're crossing from gray into black. Now, the British were. It was clear that the British were about to leave Palestine, and that a war would soon break out. David Ben Gurion assumed responsibility for matters of defense. The Haganah was the organized was then organized to include different brigades. Okay. And, and military services. Veterans of the British Army were also interrogated into the general force and contributed skill and experience. War broke out in December 1947, immediately after the UN resolution about the partition of Palestine and the establishment of a Jewish state. The Haganah became the fighting force that defended the Jewish population until the declaration of of the state of Israel in May 1948 and continued as such until becoming the IDF. During the first six months, there was heavy fighting. The Haganah managed to mobilize, equip, train, and activate a military power of 50,000 men, functioning in 12 brigades, an air force, a naval force, and other units, just like a modern army. During this period, the Haganah forces broke the backbone of the Arab Offensive, and conquered strategic territories to resist the invasion of the Arabs. five Arab states coming up. Up to May 1948, the Haganah forces finally succeeded in repelling most of the invading armies. On June 1st of 1948, the Haganah became officially the Israel Defense Forces. The last Haganah Chief of Staff, Yaakov Dori, took over as the first Chief of Staff of the IDF. The Haganah brigades became the IDF and its air force. All that became the official army of the nation. David McGurian, first prime minister of the state of Israel, described the importance of the Haganah in a famous speech, the day when the IDF was sworn in. Okay. So that is a sympathetic reading of the Haganah and who they are and what they've done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, Omar, can you get us the... Um, clips of those guys. It's on AJ Plus for sure. They're the ones who produced it, I'm pretty sure. Okay. What we will read about in the future is Plan D. This is where it was Plan Dalits. All the crimes were committed here. They received an order from Ben-Gurion in 1937, anticipating British withdrawal. Okay. Asking the head of the Haganah to prepare a military conquest of a, a whole Palestine. Okay. So you're a colonizer, right? You are coming from Eastern Europe to colonize and to settle plan a all right plan a was the declaration of independence okay and suppress arab resistance plan b was designed to replace plan a in the context of new developments in case the british um continued to view the Zionists as a problem. Plan G, or C, okay, emerged in the wake of the UN Partition Plan. It was d- designed to enhance Zionist military and police mobilization. Plan D is the most noteworthy. It is a gu- guided by a series of specific operations. Okay. It was drawn up to expand Jewish held areas beyond those allocated to the proposed Jewish state. Its overall objective was to seize as much territory as possible in advance of the British withdrawal. Okay. We're going to get more into this next, later on. Okay. With all of the beginnings of the atrocities, crimes, terrorism, and the reason why so many Palestinians are displaced and angered and holds this nation to to be the aggressor. Okay. We're going to get that more. Get into to that more tomorrow. For now, I want to read you something else. Fast forward till today, to today. And we will see today from a Jewish uh, writer. There's t- two things I want to do t- today before we get into finally releasing our article. Our, I mean, our, inf- our trailer for the two guests that we have. That we did a, a stream for. Yanis Varoufakis wrote an article today. The list of war crimes and crimes qualifying as genocide committed by Israel in Gaza since the 7th of October 2023. Hey, Omar, do you want the the, the, the the link? All right. Well, again, we're reading chapter and verse on the war, war crimes committed by Gaza, uh, by Israel in Gaza. Okay. Defenders of Israel's bomb... And invasion of Gaza have challenged me To offer a chapter and verse List of war crimes that Israel has committed Since the Hamas Offensive of the 7th of October Here is An indicative but not exhaustive List No doubt Israel is investing in war crimes To effect its recapture And ethnic cleansing of Gaza While simultaneously practicing Similar tactics In the West Bank and the East You know who else committed war crimes and expanded their nation on Baltic, America. America, on one hand, you're like, oh, the heroic resistance to oppression. Okay, Of, of the British. That's one thing. The other thing is the use of slavery. Okay, in the way that they did it. And number two, what they did to Native Americans. But let me tell you something. We believe in Allah. The Native Americans, if they called upon Allah, maybe something different would have happened. But be careful of people who call upon Allah. Article 6, item C, deliberately inflicting on a group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction. In whole or in part. And what's the crime here? What's the action? That's the law. The action is the imposition of a complete siege of the Gaza Strip, totally depriving Gazans of electricity, food, and fuel, tightening even more the existing 16 year old blockade. Next crime Article 25, 3C, for the purpose of facilitating the commission of such a crime, aids, abets, or, or otherwise assists in its. Com- mission or its attempted commission. Israel purchases 10,000 rifles for Israeli settlers. Okay. In other words, encouraging citizens to commit crimes. Article 25 3 E directly and pu- publicly inciting others to commit genocide. Okay. Israel's Minister of Defense, Yahov Galant, we are fighting human animals and we act accordingly. Okay. Article A2AI, willful killing. Israel's target, targeting of the Shaban family home. Whoa, that's what we showed you guys, right? The Shaban family home, killing all six members and two parents and their children. Okay. Article A2A, in other words, killing non combatants. Torture and inhumane treatment, severe psychological suffering inflicted on Palestinians who every night. Without electricity, fear for their life as bombing continues. Article A2A3, willfully causing great suffering and serious injury to body and health. Combined effect of the partial blockade and the total block of, the, of Gaza and the war on mental health of children. Children who survive wars do not emerge unscathed and can pay a high psychological price. In other words, all this is regarding civilians. These traumas can go as far as lack of interest in everyday life, nightmares, okay, bedwetting, su- suicidal thoughts. Article A to A4. Uh, Extensive destruction and appropriation of property, not justified by military necessity, or carried out unlawfully and wantonly. The action, Israeli raids have destroyed thousands of housing units. Article A to A. How many more does he have? He has a lot, a lot more. I posted the link, put it there. Read it there. Okay, good. We're not going to read the whole thing, but we read for you what gives you an idea. Let's go to another item that I want to read. One of the most important videos that prop. Propaganda and company has made 250 music festival attendees slaughtered. Hoax. The music festival hoax. Again, challenging the narrative that 250 innocent civilians were slaughtered at the music festival. Call it the music festival hoax. That's what it is. The second biggest. First hoax is 40 baby hoax. Now it's the music festival hoax. We do not challenge this narrative to deny the civilians were killed or to belittle suffering that has taken taken place, but rather to break the atrocity propaganda and hoax that has been spun in order to justify the ongoing massacre taking place in Gaza. Many Americans currently support the Israeli response because they believe the hoaxes. They believe lies. That babies were beheaded. Concert goers were raped, tortured, and slaughtered. All hoax upon hoax upon hoax. We need to break this narrative immediately and call for a ceasefire on both sides. Join us in this mission by spreading this video everywhere. Side note: Do you notice how many asterisks and audio cuts we had to use in order to avoid censorship? We are for. I'm not going to put it up like last time because unfortunately we got pulled out. But you can. Should I send you that that? Let me send you that, Omar. Before I keep reading. And Omar can put it. If you're on Instagram, we can't post from Instagram directly there. So you can just go to YouTube. Safina side of YouTube channel. And and go there. Hmm? Okay, good. Where Where is it? Why is it not coming up for me here? Okay, good. So not my name Let's get back to back to this. Okay, so the organization, the it's at prop prop and, prop and co. The it's prop as propaganda, prop and co. All right, so what did they say? We are forced to stutter on Instagram and TikTok to avoid being banned. We sourced our video content and the sequence of events from the New York Times. After watching our video, read the article and watch their content to make up your own mind. Keep in mind that the concert was not meant to be held so close to the base. The location of the event was set just the night before. Was relocated the night before. There's no way militants knew this was happened. Most importantly, this is not justification or endorsement of violence. We condemn all violence. I'm gonna watch it here for the first time, but I uh, we don't want to put it up because last time we got our whole thing. Carried out
2: an attack on southern Israel, across twenty-two different locations, and claimed the lives of at least fifteen hundred people. Israel claims the majority of these people were unarmed civilians, and while some civilians were certainly killed, which is tragic, there is a problem with the Israeli narrative. They have presented this attack as a terror attack on civilians. A good example of this is the claim that militants attacked and two hundred and fifty people in a map at a concert but we are about to expose and debunk that claim, and we're going to do it using the New York Times. I want to make clear that I am not justifying or condoning this. I am simply challenging the narrative. Gaza m- launched their paragliding or are flying over the wall, heading in different directions. Their targets were military bases. We know this because of dozens of videos showing mil- storming these buildings and capturing soldiers and equipment. Three miles from the Gaza border is one of these bases. The Gaza Regiment Military Base. Along the 232 road, there was a music f-
0: by the way, the little kitten is meant to avoid censorship and lo- likewise the stuttering and the muting come on come on open up again I hate when they do when when you get glitches like this you got to re- refresh the whole page just because you hit pause
2: border is one of these bases. The Gaza Regiment Military Base along the 232 Road. There was a music festival taking place right down the road from the base. After the was completed, militants got into vehicles and continued their by driving along the major roads heading towards other bases. This is how the found themselves at the concert. Before the military arrived, the concertgoers had heard the shots and were panicking. They then started to leave the concert, but they couldn't take their cars because the road was now being blocked by Israeli police and security trying to cut off the Gaza. This is when the concertgoers began running away into an open field because they couldn't get into their cars and drive away. When the arrived, they exchanged air with security, and this is why the parked cars along the road were riddled with bullets. To be clear, civilians did... They were tragically caught in the cross. They were not the target, and they certainly were not given any match. Now, there were hostages taken by fighters, and this is truly terrible. They should be returned safely and quickly. But there is so much evidence showing us the fighters were not there to terrorize civilians. Listen to this Israeli woman talk about how fighters were kind to her.
0: They look around. Uh, they say, don't worry, we're Muslims, we will not hurt you. It took a lot of pressure off me. One guy was skinny hungry guy, Asked her to have a banana. He was a skinny Hamas guy he said, Can I have a banana?
2: In her home asking her for permission to eat one of her bananas. And this woman told Israeli media they treated her humanely.
0: Another woman on the radio, she's saying they treated us very humanly humanely. Uh, They guarded us. They did not abuse us. They gave us a drink here and there. They calmed us down when we were nervous. I was very frightened, but no one treated us violently. She's saying
2: she was with her only when Israeli soldiers arrived and got into a fight with the Palestinians.
0: She says there are five or six hostages. Um, The Israeli Defense Force comes. That's the only time they pulled their guns out. And they were killed. They were killed in the crossfire. There was heavy fighting and shooting, but they were not shooting at. They were not shooting at the hostages.
2: On both sides, with civilians caught in the crossfire, which leads me to ask, what is the difference between this and what's happening right now in Gaza? Yet, Western media seems convinced that Gaza and. Midland- Military, while the Israeli army is engaging in justified defense. The solution to this issue is not to escalate the violence or to prioritize the debt of one group of people over another. The solution is to end all hostilities. There should be calls for an immediate ceasefire, humanitarian aid to both sides, and an escalation in negotiations to end the occupation, establish an independent Palestinian state, and create a just and long-lasting peace between both Israelis and Palestinians.
0: <laughs> all right, so there you have it. Come sit, young man. Your name is? Kareem. Karim who? Sharif. Kareem Sharif. Did we meet before?
1: Young? Yes,
0: we did. MashaAllah. A couple years ago. What's this? This is from Ali. Oh. Yeah. Come sit
1: there.
0: Um, Ali who? Ali. Starbucks? Ali. He works there? Yeah. Oh, he went from Starbucks to... Ka- See, Khyber is a great... It's named after the Khyber Pass, but many Arabs are wondering. Isn't Khyber the place of the Yehud in Medina? Oh, no. Right? So my dad was like, what kind of name is that? I said, it was the Khyber Pass of, P- of Persia. They opened up a chai coffee and chai house. So, um, you, so there, you, there you have it. He was calling for an independent state for Palestine. is never going to happen because they're going to crop up many little enclaves throughout Israel that they can easily monitor where Palestinians live. They will be little prisons, closed off prisons. Gaza will be the biggest one, but they will have many little enclaves throughout where they jam up the Palestinians and the Palestinians can't work together anymore. And it also kills the Palestinian state because you can't have a state that's, you know, um, little villages and towns cut up in the country. So that's the first thing. There, let's turn it this way so that our, our man Ennis and, and his family can get some marketing. So uh, that's the plan, right? <coughs> <coughs> the Jewish Sharia, the Jews, the, 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 the Israel is stuck between their Sharia and the modern world. Their Sharia says, empty all these people. They have no rights to live amongst you. Kill them all. This is Deuteronomy. Kill them all. That's the Jewish law. The modern world is a democratic world. Well, the the, the Jewish state is not independent. It must be propped up by another country. The, the West, the United States, which observes this democratic law. All citizens are equal. Right? Jewish law does not say that. the The, the democratic ideals and the liberal ideals that... All citizens are equal, okay? And have, should have equal opportunity for everything just based on their citizenship. Our shitty ass does not uphold that either. We have something in the middle. Our shitty ass states, God's law is the mandate law that we, fo- we are mandated to apply this law. You can't apply the law and ex- execute it and, and rule by it and legislate by it unless you believe it. So the Vimmi system... The Sharia also recognizes that non believers will live amongst you. So the Vimma system holds that these non believers who are amongst you, okay, they have to live they have to live amongst you with rights. The law applies to them. They cannot be oppressed. They must be able to buy and sell. They can't erect temples. But they can have their old ones. They can practice the religion in their homes and in their old temples, okay They cannot preach it in public, and they cannot take positions of power. They could take positions of clerkship, but they cannot be the legislators or the executioners, the executive branch, or the legislative branch, so to speak, since they don't believe in this law. right? And they will not serve in the military since they don't believe in the cause of the sharia, of the sharia now the m- moment one of them says la ilaha illallah Muhammad rasulullah this becomes allowed for him okay? if he's trusted and he's put up as a leader and as a um legisl- a, a leader to be a part of the congress the senate what what mm-hmm. have you a learned man to be a legislator and even Someone to execute the law as a governor, as a mayor, or as the king, the sultan himself, or a prime minister. Okay, so you have your armed forces, you have your legislative branch, and you have your executive branch. Okay, and you have your judiciary. This is a beautiful system. It's a Western system, but the idea is basically similar every anywhere. But they broke it up pretty crisply. That's the Vimi system. It gives rights where rights belong to people, does not treat the unbelievers amongst you as animals, caged dogs that we really want to kill, but we can't, and can't bring ourselves to be good to them. That's the state of Israel right now. It's not a complete liberal democracy that has no beliefs. No, we have beliefs. Allah sent down a sharia, that's the way to live. You can't be in a position of power if you don't accept it. So the vimmi status is, you're going to live fat and happy with us you're going to be treated fairly. You want your own marriage law. You want to rule yourselves in marriage, inheritance. Two Catholics commit a crime against each other. Two Jews commit a crime against each other. Open your own courts. You want to live on your own too and have a little enclave where you can go out and trade, but you come home and you're all Jews together or Orthodox Christians together, fine. But we will get one leader from you that represents you, he will report to the Senate and to, the, to the, this, the government, essentially. We're not dealing with a million people. We're going to deal with one person. He rules over you. He is your ruler. It's a state within a state, right? That's the dhimmi system. But stay away from our politics. You will not rule because you don't believe in the sharia. How can you rule by a law you don't believe in? You will not serve in the military. How could you fight for a law? Now, I'm not saying this was implemented perfectly, but more or less, this is what the Dhimmi system was implemented in the Ottoman Empire and in the Umayyad Empire and in the Mughal Empire in India over the Hindus. And I'm sure something similar to this in West Africa with the animists and in Andalus with the Christians and Jews who live there. The best thing for Israel is to Shariafy themselves. Take the whole thing. Give the Palestinians a status. Let them live. Let them breathe. I'm not saying this as the solution. I'm saying this facetiously. Hypothetically. Take the whole thing. Give them vimy status. Go out, trade, do everything. Have babies. Outnumber us for all I care. But you're never going to touch power. That's the deal. That is your citizenship. They can't do that because they can't now get money from the West if they do that. That's why they can't do it because the liberal nations will be like, "Whoa, what is this? Dual citizens, second class citizens?" We say, "Yeah, second class citizens," because they don't believe in this law, right? So the Jews' solution to the Jews is to Shariafy their. Of course, I'm to say it again. I'm saying this completely facetious, right? Because that's not the solution for us. That's not the solution for them. That would be a solution. Shariafy your law establish a Vimy status that's down the middle, okay? But they can't do it because the American liberals, well, you know what the Americans, love, they will accept it because they're accepting this, which is far worse, okay? But this is happening like on the go with the justification of a response. And we already refuted and, and exposed the right to defense fallacy it's a complete fallacy you don't the right to defense fallacy does not apply it's not that you you don't have the right it doesn't apply to you when you are the aggressor the def- you cannot defend yourself when you're the aggressor against the other person ladies and gentlemen we wrap up We got to start moving now um, with our other stuff. We had a live stream the other day and I said that we had two imams and I hoped that people would be surprised pleasantly. And in my view of things, this discussion is a show of Muslims' unity, civility, and the ability of very big imams to get together and talk and the talk was prescient issues what's the right word pronunciation of that is it prescient prescient issues surrounding aqeedah for today's muslims or today today's muslim common muslim take a look at the at the trailer Texas is Sheikh Yas al Qadi, of course, he needs. can be looked at in three ways. We're going to look at all three. To our left, a Texas is Sheikh Yas of course, he needs no introduction. And uh, across the pond, as they say, is Sheikh Asrar Rashid, also no need for introduction.
1: One of the most important issues that is of relevance to our modern Muslim community is actually the relevancy of God and religion in the modern tradition. The application of Qalam is an issue but not so much for the Ashari tradition. admirer admire Imam al-Ghazali and I admire Ibn Taymiyyah and Ashatabi. If they were to try to refute secularism, I honestly don't think that the final product that either of these madrasas is going to produce is going to be that different from one another. How do we reconcile between the Salafis today? And when I say Salafis, I mean
0: Atba'a Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, Salih al uthaymeen bin Baz, Tasir al-Din al how do we reconcile them with the traditional Ash'aris and the followers of the four schools that just teach the books in a dogmatic style, just translate the book, but they do not give the students application? So mm. that leads to people facing a crisis in faith. Now, Sheikh Yasser, I'll throw a spark in your direction. What is your methodology in studying Aqidah? <laughs> Still muted? Oh, all right, there you have it, folks. That was the trailer, Sheikh Asrar Rashid and Sheikh Yasir Qadi. Uh, we streamed with them part one of two. Now, I hope we do part two. Part one was the current contemporary issues surrounding Aqidah. There was so much agreement on it because we're, we're, we're both realized this is a necessity to be covered. Sheikh Asrar, you will see, is utilizing... The, the foundations of Kadam and the methodology of the ash'aris Sheikh Yassir is utilizing the methodology of Ibn Taymiyyah and really arriving at the same conclusions. You may decide which, which side has a cr- crisper and clearer methodology and could do a better job at refuting the stuff. Okay. So that's it. That's that. That's what we're gonna. Re- when is it set to release? Friday morning. Friday night. The team will. We have a team now. Okay. They they will. It will be released on YouTube, like as a premiere. It'll be scheduled for a release probably Friday night. Let's answer one or two questions here first about Texas. I'll get to you Texas in a second. Secondly, you have a question from. It says here Benjamin. Ben Braithwaite, is there a teaching that says Islam will become the predominant faith in the world? The answer is yes. And the reason, and it, it is right now the only actual faith in the world. And when I, the reason I say that is its law is applicable, its law is unified, its law is clear. Its doctrine, its belief system never requires you to believe in two po- opposite things. Okay, two intellectual contradict an intellectual contradiction. Its book never contradicts what we see in the world. And don't confuse observed facts from theories about those observed facts. Okay. Fourthly, just look around. What is more cohesive as a faith, as a group, that is being lived day to day besides Islam and really being lived? Every single day. The children are taught to respect their parents. Guys and girls are treated like opposite charge. When you ever charge a battery and you got the red one and the black one, positive, negative. What is the first thing everyone says? Don't let them touch each other. These are opposite charges. They have to be kept away from each other. I don't care what anyone thinks, says about the liberal world. Look at your world, okay? Look at your world. Your men had so much... I don't know, I know who's watching here but you had so much so much open relations with women they lost interest in women. Right? You don't see a problem there? You guys went out there and not you guys I'm like I'm attacking somebody but the western world went out so open women in the workplace 8 hours with guys clueless on the fact There's going to be a spark amongst them. And there was sparks that destroyed homes, and there was abuse. And you had the Me Too movement. And all of a sudden, all of us Muslims are looking out, and they're saying, the new policy at NBC, the new policy in the NFL, the new policy at Apple. What policy is this? Sharia. A man and a woman shall not be in a room alone without a third party or a recording or the door open. It's Sharia. Two men and women will not travel alone for a business trip. They're going to be separate planes, separate hotels, separate... This is Sharia. For Sharia, I say we're not traveling alone with any guy for a business trip. Fathers all throughout the middle of America and even the coasts, they see Muslim daughters respect their and love their dads. Whereas kids raised on Disney laugh at these jokes about dads. All of Disney, all of Netflix is always a non-stop mockery of dads by the daughters. Openly and brazenly going with an absolute stranger to lose her virginity with him. With an absolute stranger. Making it a point that the dad has nothing, he can't say a word. He has to support it like a, a, a slapped and a whipped dog. People are not dumb. People have fitra. They know this is wrong. But they can't say it. They don't know why to say it. How do I justify it? we justify because our lord gave us laws very practical laws prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said there is not a house made of mud or stone except this message will enter inside of it in other words the dawa will reach people look at the technology that we have now it will enter they will enter the message will enter this world the, the every home correctly not isis nonsense and garbage like that Okay, there's a sect of Islam. Actual basics of Islamic law that is useful to people. Okay. Beneficial. In our finances, we seek to eliminate debt, is the enemy. Is one of the enemies of Islamic law. That's why usury is a problem. I'm already in debt. Why are you increasing it? I'm already a poor guy who needs money. Why are you using me as a customer? To increase your money. Loans is never, ever, ever a manner of attaining money. The poor man who needs money cannot possibly be your customer. He is already poor. Money is not to be used to gain money. Money is gained to be used for goods and services. It itself is not a product. We have to separate the means of acquiring products from being a product. A Jewish rabbi got up one day and says, I rent you my home. I expect a return. And then you give me my home back at the end of the year. What's the difference between that and I rent you my money. I give you $10,000. You open up a little business. You give me back the $10,000 and you give me back four more, two more, whatever. What's the problem with that? The problem is that the means of acquiring products and services is not a product itself, okay? It's not a product in itself. It can never be a product, treated as a product. We separate between the two. Debts, trading debts, which is why we had the 2008 housing bubble and housing crisis, is you had people trading debt and another guy trading that debt another guy trading that debt. We don't increase debts. It's called tamiru dhimem. So if I have a debt I can transfer it to another person, okay? In other words, let's say Omar owes me an iPhone, okay? I no longer want the iPhone. You want the iPhone. If you agree to deal with Omar, I could say, Omar, okay, give him an iPhone. Give him the iPhone. But you are paying me for the iPhone. Hey, don't go to AT&T and buy an iPhone. I'm getting the iPhone next week from Omar. He's going to give me the $300 iPhone. You have to give me the $300 now so that you're, so it's not, we haven't increased the situation to two debts. It's one debt now, right? Omar to me. Now I want him to give it to you. I want to sell it to you. But I'm not going to sell it to you at a later date. Okay. Such that in next week, when you get the cell phone, give me, the $300, because now what do we have? Two debts. We went from one debt to two debts. I say, hey, this is the iPhone. This is what it looks like. You know what it, what it looks like. You know what it is. This is the product that's coming in the mail. Pay me the $300 now. Now we're in the clear. You just oh, get a debt from Omar. That's permissible. Okay. Because we haven't increased the number of debts. The Sharia is at war with debt. That's why... Uh, uh, the sharia is at war with products that are unstable. That's why gambling is forbidden. It's an unstable operation. We don't know what's going to happen. Sharia is at war with a batil. Like, for example, buying something, paying money for something that has is not a crisp product or service. Probably you could say that. Buying ammunition in a video game, right? Money spent in video games within the game. You could probably talk about that as a waste of money. It's definitely going to be between discouraged and forbidden. But the insurance, these contracts are invalid by the Sharia. So I know that I'm paying you $500 a month in return if... Something bad happens. You pay for it. I don't know. Okay. How is that a deal? That's not a deal by Sharia. Okay. Because I don't know what I'm going to get back. What is a deal by the Sharia is I pay you $500 a month. You go and invest the money. Take that money. Make money off of it. And the little perk that I get is that you take care of me. A gift. If two years pass and I'm leaving the country, I call the insurance company. by Sharia. And I say, I'm done. I didn't have any accidents. You're going to go and give me my profits from your investment, my cut of the investment. Let's say I represent 0.1% of the pool. I get 0.1% of the profits minus administrative fees. People got to go to work. Secretaries got to type stuff, right? That's, my, that's what I get back. I don't get a guarantee. When you do business, you don't get a guarantee. That's a loan, Okay, I don't get a guarantee of my money back that I paid. I get my cut of the profits. I put my money in a pool for business to be done. Okay, I get my portion of the profits back minus reasonable and itemized administrative fees because we had to turn the lights on. We had to pay rent. All that's a fee. Our our business guy has to travel to make meetings to have to meet people to schmooze. He's the secretary's got to type stuff up, got to crunch numbers. All these guys, people got to get paid. I'm paying 0.1 of the expenses and I'm getting 0.1 of the profits. Okay. That would be the permissible shari'i insurance. Now, if I had an accident, I get it's 0.1% of the profits, whatever I represent in the pool, minus administrating fees, minus however much you covered me for one fender bender costs a thousand bucks, take off a thousand bucks. That is the Shari uh, 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 compliant method of doing insurance. Okay. If we, if a company came out with this, I guarantee you they would be waged war upon so badly because the current insurance operation right now doesn't have to give you back anything. Right. Is, it, is crypto halal or haram This is one of the reasons why uh, Some have differed on it They said it is of no value It's an imagination Others said it is a value People use it as a currency In the future it will be better than banking currency Because it's decentralized And for that reason They said it's halal So scholars have differed upon that Ladies and gentlemen the last item of today's stream before we log off regards our Texas trip. What, what, where are we going? When are we going to Texas? Okay. Here is the itinerary. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. On. Loading, loading, loading. Hold on. Okay, here we go. On the 26th of Thursday, we arrive in Houston, on the 27th We have Juma At Masjid Ibrahim And then Friday night Evening talk at Masjid As-Salam In Houston Saturday Islamic Center Of Carleton, Texas Wait, whatever In Dallas, whatever happened to Epic I guess Epic is off so that's Friday. So Epic is off. We're not going to be at Epic. We're going to be at the Islamic Center of Carlton. Uh, Fresh Prince. Saturday, we go to Austin and we have nothing there. and It's all private. So there's only two, it's three events, three public events. Houston, Juma at Masjid Ibrahim. Then evening talk at masjid salam and then friday saturday it's the islamic center of Carleton ladies and gentlemen jazakumullahu khairan subhanakallahu wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilussalihat and the final question, can I touch the Mus'haf without wudu? No, unless you are a student of knowledge or a teacher, student of hifz or a teacher. In that case, even upon Haid, you can touch the Mus'haf in the Maliki school. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.